Faith, we've been talking on faith, right? And we've defined faith as complete trust in someone or something. It's the definition of it, complete trust in someone or something. And the last two weeks, we've been talking about looking through the eyes of faith, and we were talking about listening through the ears of faith, the eyes of faith and the ears of faith. And as you change and I change and we begin to look through the eyes of faith, we begin to hear through the ears of faith, the next domino, if you will, that falls into place is speaking through the mouth of faith. And that's what I want to speak about this morning. I want us to talk about our confession. I want us to talk about speaking through the mouth of faith. Many times we don't realize that we are where we are because of what we choose to speak or what we choose not to speak. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, famous verse, every believer has heard it. It says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. There is death and there is life in the power of the tongue. The next portion of the verse actually says, and those who love it are going to eat its fruit. You ever have to eat some sour fruit of some death that you spoke? Ever gotten to eat some sweet fruit of something loving that you spoke, right? Some life that you spoke? There is power in what you and I speak. And our tongue is very, very powerful. James chapter 3, if you've never read it, your homework this week is to read James chapter 3. It talks about the tongue. And it talks about the fact that the tongue cannot be tamed. It actually gives this example. It says that the tongue is like this, it, it, it's so powerful and like an animal that they put a bit in its mouth to control it to go to the left or the right, the tongue is going to make you go to the left or to the right. It talks about a big old ship, how it's moved to the left or to the right based on this little rudder that's on the back of the ship. And can I tell you, many of the things that we're dealing with today or the blessings that we're walking in today are due to what we were speaking yesterday. And it is imperative for us, you and I, not just to look at what God says and looks or, or, or shows us and to hear what God has to say, but we got to begin to speak what it is that God tells us to speak. I ask this question, what statements are coming out of our mouths. I, 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 come on, I, I know I'm not the only one where it comes out and as the last word comes, it's like, no, I shouldn't have said that. And you've been there? Especially in a conversation with your wife in the heat of the moment. Yeah, you know, or maybe with one of your kids or a coworker or your boss. I mean, former boss because they fired you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the minute it came out, like, what am I saying? What are the statements that are coming out of our mouth? Church, this morning, I want to remind you, we need to speak in faith. Speak in faith. Say that this morning. Speak in faith. I want us to go to the book of Mark. Go to the book of Mark, chapter 11. Mark, chapter 11, this is right before Jesus has the supper with his disciples, right before he gets betrayed, right before he then is crucified on the cross. He walks into Jerusalem, and Jesus was hungry. Now, I don't know if, if, if you thought Jesus was always just walking in the clouds. Jesus was hungry. Jesus got irritated. Jesus was sad. He dealt with different things, part of the humanity, but he never sinned, right? So he was hungry, and he sees a tree, a fig tree to be precise, and he walks up to it to grab a fruit, and there was none. 
And Jesus says these words to the tree. Let no one ever eat from you again. And he keeps walking. This is where we're found now. Mark 11, chapter, verse number 20. It says, as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Jesus talks here about the power of speaking and speaking in faith. Now, last week, I made a point. The scripture tells us that God calls the things that are not as though they are, right? We think about Abram. God changes his name to Abraham, which means father of many. Father of many. Now, what was the prophecy or the word or the, what, what God had spoken over Abraham was that through him, the entire world would be blessed, and Abraham had no children. So what did God do? God changes his name so that now every time that he introduced himself and said, hey, I'm Abraham, out of his own mouth, he was declaring, I'm the father of many. Every time that everyone called him and said, hey, Abraham, they were declaring father of many. He was making it be that the confession of his mouth aligned to what God had said. You and I need to speak in faith. And as God calls the things that are not as though they are, let's understand that speaking in faith is calling the things that are not as though they are. That's what it means to speak in faith. Calling what is not as though it were. God was in that, and, and remember, we're made in his image and likeness. That's what he does. How did he create everything? Speaking it. Let there be light. There was light. Let there be a sun in the, a star in the sky and one at night that was light. Let there be the animals. Let there be. He spoke it. And in the same way that God has the creative power to speak it and it happens, he has delegated in us through our tongue the authority to speak it. So what are we speaking? Are we speaking life or are we speaking death? I wrote another way of describing it this way. Speaking in faith is verbally declaring that which God has said. Verbally declaring that which God has said. Not what somebody said, not what the pastor said, not what the prophet said, not what the teacher said, not what my mother said, not what the news said, not what this one said, what God has said. And many times, you and I, I'm on the boat, all right? We declare what people say, what people speak, instead of what God says and speaks. So what are we declaring? What statements are coming out of our mouths? You ever played that old school game of telephone? 
right? Like I'm over here and I come to Alberto and I tell Alberto something and he says it to Marco, who says it to Alexis, who says it to Jose, who walks across the hall and says it to Javi and to Jenny and to Claudette and to Steven, all the way down the line. And then it gets all the way in the back over there. And it's not the thing that I said to Alberto. You ever played that game before? So that's what's happening in a lot of our spiritual lives. God said something, but somebody down the line got something from God and even manipulated it, changed it, did whatever, and here we are because we heard it, because we read it on the internet, there it must be true. All the things, we're declaring these things and we're saying these things, and it's not what God said. Church, what are the statements that are coming out of our mouths? What are we declaring? What are we speaking? What are we saying? Speaking in faith is calling those things which are not as though they were. Speaking in faith is verbally declaring that which God has said. Now, if I go back for a second, look at what Jesus says. Again, this is in Mark chapter 11, verse number 22. Have faith in God. Faith, complete trust in someone or something. Who are we trusting? That was the first thing he said. Have faith in God. And then he says, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain... Be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that which he said will come to pass, it will be done. So here's the next thing. First, faith. First must move our mouth before it can move our mountain. Faith was first move your mouth before it can move your mountain. Now, I can't take credit for that statement. As I was studying, I came across, I was like, man, that one's good. Because many times we don't open and declare what God said. Sometimes we're even ashamed to declare what God says. Come on now. How many people in society right now are basically apologizing for what the word of God says? Making excuses for what God said. No, if God said it, I believe it and I will not apologize for what God said. I'm not shifting it. I'm not retranslating it. I'm not doing this. The times may have shifted, but can I tell you what? We're dealing with the same old issues that they dealt with in the book of Exodus today. And it's why God had even put some of those things into the Mosaic law. And they're still true today. As true as they were then, they are true today. Let's not apologize for what God said. Let's stand on what he said. Let's love people. Let's pray for people. Let's reach out to people, but let's speak what God says. And the first thing we need to do is open our mouth. Any parents in the house? Any parents in the house with a young child, right? They, you know, they, when they're a baby, they cry, and you start to learn the distinct cries. If it's a milk cry, if it's a pee-pee cry, if it's a po-po cry. I don't talk about There's different cries. You start to, to understand if it's a cry of pain, there's a specific cry. It like changes decibels or octaves in there. And you as the parent can recognize the different cries. But then when they're getting to the place of starting to articulate, you get them to open their mouth. You get them when, they're, when they want the milk. You look at them. I'm sure you guys are doing it with JJ now, right? And you're like, okay, what, you want leche? Milk, right? And you, you say it to get the child to the place where they speak it. Because if they, you don't do that for the rest of their life, even as a grown-up, they're going to be there and going, ah, 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 ah. oh, are you hungry? <laughs> no, you start teaching your child, speak it. 
stand. Raise your hand and speak to the teacher, right? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? We start teaching our children the importance of speaking and opening up their mouth and speaking up. And this morning, I feel God telling us, speak up, open your mouth and declare that which I have told you. You've seen in the prophetic, you're seeing and hearing what God says. Now it's time to speak it. It's time to say it, declaring the blessings of God. Now, we understand one more thing here. The power of speaking in faith hinges on what we believe. It hinges on what we believe. What did Jesus say in Mark chapter 11? If you say to this mountain, get up and go and believe it in your heart. That's what the verse says. Go to this one. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 for a minute. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 13. 2 Corinthians 4.13. Is it 4.13? Yeah. 2 Corinthians 4.13. Look what it says. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we speak. We believe it, and then we speak it. You ever had somebody say something with such confidence, even though you knew it wasn't true, you almost believed it? No? No, you don't know. Like, they just say it with such confidence that you're like, you doubt yourself on what you know. And here we are as believers, we go to speak something that God says, but like with, with, with like almost like as a question with timidity, I'm a former classroom teacher. So you ask a student something and they answer the question, a former question, like we're not playing Jeopardy. <laughs> Do you know what the answer is or not? Like, are you sure? You know, what's two plus two? Four? Two, two. What is it? Four? No, with a little bit of confidence now. Four. What is it that God is saying? What is the two and two that the word of God says that equals four? And are we speaking it in faith, believing in our heart to be true? Now, I want to go back to Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Can I tell you, I've I've preached on that many times over the course of my years as a pastor, youth pastor, kids pastor, all of the above. And here we, Jesus is talking about the mountain being moved, and something hit me as I was preparing and studying. Did you realize that Jesus didn't speak life over the fig tree? Jesus spoke death. Listen, the fig tree didn't produce fruit, so Jesus cursed it and spoke death. And the Lord gave me this, and I wrote it down this way. Times we speak life over things that need to die and death over things that need to live. At times we speak life over things that need to die and death over things that need to live. What is it in our life that God says you don't need that anymore? It needs to die, but we continue to speak life into it. That we continue to say, but it's who I am. And God said, no, it's not. Curse it. 
break it. Don't judge me. I curse cockroaches. I'm not afraid of roaches. I kill them if it's there. I got a shoe, whack it. If it's on the wall, I ain't gonna, I don't want to paint, so I try to knock it to the floor and then I kill it. Anybody ever slap the roach on the wall and then you got to repaint? It's horrible. But I grew up in a home with a mom who is deathly afraid of these roaches. My mom, as a grown-up now, my mom has called me in the middle of the night and be like, there's a cockroach in my house. Can you come? Right? I'm like, pray. All right. So my mom would wake me up sometimes in the middle of the night. So I get up. Where? No, there. And it went, and I was like, I'm tired. I don't want to find it. So I'd go. <laughs> don't judge me. I'd go, and, and I was growing in my faith. This little kid. In the name of Jesus, I curse that cockroach, and tomorrow I will find you by that door, upside down and dead. <laughs> Good night, Mom, and I go back to sleep. And I would do that. Don't walk out barefoot or in the dark, because you might step on it. And I started to learn the power in speaking in faith. Yeah, many times. Actually, my, my older brother, um, my older brother, would, would, he, he dealt through an illness. He almost lost his life when he was 21. He was standing in faith on stuff. And actually, to him, it was a testimony. He was like, I know God can heal me because if my brother can curse a cockroach and it dies, God can heal me. <laughs> and even till this moment, like, we, we had an issue a couple, of week, a couple months ago. We made a boo-boo. We left the house and didn't close the door. Now, I'm not saying we didn't lock the door. No, no, no. We literally did not close the door. So we got back to the house several hours later, and the door was wide open. And you know what came in? Okay. And uh, we're inside the house. I first, <laughs> I first got out. I was like, all right, guys, stay in the car. I'm going to go check the house. I'm make sure. Like, this is weird, right? So we get in, start walking all around the house checking every room, checking every closet. Then I realized I've got cameras and a ring doorbell. Why didn't I do that first? I just checked it. Anybody go in? Anyways, all right, guys, the house is safe. And everybody comes inside, and we close the door, and there's this, I mean, that sucker was, that was big. And it was on the wall. And so I was like, all right, Alexandra. Alexandra's my, like, like nature girl. She's like, she, whatever. She'll go catch it, whatever. I was like, Alexandra, bring me the broom. I'm going to knock this down. I don't want to hit it on the wall because, again, I already told you, if I hit it on the wall, i got to paint the wall. I don't want to paint the wall. So she brings me the broom, and I go to knock it off the wall, and it spread its wings and fly. And that rose started flying. Patty said, nope. She went in the room, closed the door. Samantha ran to her room. Like, they all left me with the flying roach. And all of a sudden, the roach flies in through this little crevice into our entryway closet door. Now, if you're like us, everything goes in your entryway closet door, right? 
So I opened the door, and I'm like, nah. I closed the door. Roach, you're going to die tonight, and when I open the door tomorrow, I will pick you up. Patty's like, did you catch? I was like, nope, cursed it. Good night. Let's go to bed. I'm trying to get somewhere with this. Are we speaking life over things in our life that God says this needs to die? Do we speak life over our pride? Do we speak life over our arrogance? Do we speak life over our anger issues? Do we speak life over our addictions? Do we speak life over relationships that God is trying to close? Jesus cursed the tree because it was time for the tree to die and it died all the way to the root. Church, there's power in what we speak. Are we speaking death over things that God is trying to bring to life? Are we speaking death over our marriage because we're tired of fighting for it? Are we speaking death over our children? Are we speaking death over our finances? Are we speaking death over our health? When what Jesus said is that his stripes would heal you. What is our confession? And what are we speaking life over that needs to die or death over that needs to live? Sometimes we talk with people and they're believing for a miracle. They're believing for God to do something, but everything we speak is the opposite. Because everything we speak is what we see happening in the natural. And it's time for you and I to not just hear through the ears of faith, not just see through the eyes of faith, but that we begin to speak through the mouth of faith. Speaking life. It's why we need to know what the word of God says, because we stand on the word. We quote the word. Kenneth Hagin, amazing man of God, went to be with the Lord. Kenneth Hagin Sr., his son, Kenneth Hagin Jr., still alive. Kenneth Hagin Sr., founded Rama Bible College. Word of Faith was the name of the church. Man of Faith. And he would say that he would get up in the morning and as he was dealing with stuff or illnesses or things, he would literally get his Bible and he would stand on the Bible as he declared and confessed what God said about him. Pastor Creflo Dollar says that he wakes up in the morning, he looks in the mirror, and he declares the blessings of God over his life. I can picture David doing that. Psalm 103, when he speaks out and says, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Like he's declaring it. And you and I need to get to a place where we get up and we declare what God says. We don't declare what we see, we declare what God says. We don't declare what we hear man say, we declare what God says. And we speak life into the things that God has promised and we speak death over the things that God hates. We stop saying things like, well, it's just who I am. I just deal with this. No, 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 no. It's who I used to be. Can I give you another one? Are we there? Are we all right? Can we go for another one? Church, the importance of thanking God for it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And I'm sorry, media team, I didn't give you that verse. Philippians chapter 4. Look at what it says in Philippians chapter 4. Go with me there. It says, in verse, starting in verse number 6 of Philippians number 4. 
It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Catch this. Don't just pray about it. Start thanking God for it. Many times we get caught on just the praying. Lord, I pray for my son. I pray for my daughter. Lord, I'm praying. I help them, restore them, do this. No, no, no. Get up in the morning and say, God, I thank you that you have set my son free. God, I thank you that you have delivered my daughter. God, I thank you that my marriage is healthy. God, I thank you that I begin to thank God because it already happened in the spirit. You're just bringing it into reality as you thank God for it. Thank him. Thank him. Look at the verse one more time. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Don't just pray about it. Start thanking God for it. Oh, but it hasn't happened yet. I'm already thanking God for it. Right? Like, like don't you place an order at Domino's or Papa John's or wherever you order food and they take your order and you already say thank you? The food hasn't even gotten there yet. Thank you. Let's start thanking. God, I thank you. But I haven't seen it yet. When I see it, I'll say thank you. No, no, no. Thank him now. Thank him for the house. Thank him for the promotion. Thank him for the deliverance. Thank him for the freedom. Thank him for the restored relationship. Begin to thank him for what it is that you are believing for. And you're believing for it because God already said it. Can I tell you some of the things that God has said about you? Watch. He has said you are the head and not the tail. He has said you are more than a conqueror. He has said that with him you can do all things. He has said that you're going to go through stuff, but you no need to fear because he's with you. So in the midst of that crisis in front of you, you can look and say, God, I thank you that you're with me and I don't got to face this alone. But I'm going to open my mouth this morning, and I'm going to declare the goodness and the blessing, and I'm going to speak what you've said. And as you begin to declare what God says, I mean, let's go back to who we are as a church. Acknowledge, trust, lean on God daily. The imperative, important part of getting into the word of God is to be able to know what God says. You know, many times... We've all dealt with this. We have somebody, perhaps somebody in a higher position of authority in your workplace or in a different thing, and they tell you something, and they cast the blame on someone else. No, this is, I, I, I know this is how you're used to doing the, the deliveries, but corporate has said, and nowhere on the manual does corporate say it, but somebody's just throwing corporate on it. And man, sometimes that's how we're living life. We're just taking what someone else said as Bible instead of the word of God, which is the written truth. What has God said about you? And can I tell you, if you don't read it, you ain't going to know it. If you don't spend time with it, you don't know it. You've got to internalize it. You've got to chew on it. And then... When you're faced with it, it'll come out. Oh, man, I can tell you, I failed some pop quizzes in my day. 
You ever walk into class and your math teacher or your science teacher or somebody said, hey, we got a pop quiz today, and you didn't know it was coming. Had you known, you would have studied, hopefully. And you get there and you're faced with it. And can I tell you, life throws us pop quizzes. And the pass or fail is going to be if you know how to stand on what God said. And you can't stand on it if you don't know it. So I challenge you, worship team, as you come to the altar. Let's shift. We're shifting from looking through the natural to looking at what God sees. We're shifting from hearing what man says to hearing what God says. And now it's time to start shifting from saying what man says or what we see or what we hear to saying what God says. And as we change our confession, so will we change our life. But I want to remind you something there. It hinges on what you believe. Believing in your heart. Do you know that salvation comes by confessing what you believe? Romans chapter 10 says that if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. We can believe God that we will die on earth and go to heaven because of what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. And I believe it, therefore I confess it. But then I can't believe to declare that he's my healer, my redeemer, my deliverer, my restorer, my provider, my everything. I challenge you, if I had a mirror, I'd put it up and challenge myself. Change my confession. Change your confession to declare what God says. Speak life over what needs to live. But church, speak death over what needs to die. Watch, you're praying to be healed? Start doing this. God, I declare I walk in healing. But right now, every can if you're dealing with cancer, every cancerous cell in my body, I curse it and tell it to die. Start doing that. Declare death over what needs to die. That relationship, that friendship in your teenage son or teenage daughter that you see is leading him the wrong way, curse that relationship. God, take that person out of my son's life if it's going to lead them away from you. Or make my son strong enough to stand and speak truth. What in your life have you been speaking life over that God says that needs to die? And what in your life have you been speaking death over that God says it's time to live? Let's stand to our feet. Father, this morning, Will you continue speaking to us, God? As we worship God, can you show us those areas in our life that we need to dig out a root? That we need to dig out something and begin to speak life? Father, can you show us those things that we need to speak death over? And Father, would you help us to speak according to your word, what you have seen, what you have said, and that we stand on it? 
in Jesus' name. As we worship, ask God to show you. And take it a step further. Begin to declare that life. Begin to declare the death. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. In Jesus' name.